Welcome to In the Eyes Of. In today's episode, we're joined by Robbie Portilla, co-founder of the feminist collective group Yabasta Nuevo León. In the following episodes, we will explore inner narratives, stories, and the difficulties that women in Mexico face. I hope you enjoy this episode. Robbie, welcome to In the Eyes Of. Can you tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you study? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm Robbie, Robbie Portilla like tortilla, but with a P in the beginning. Uh, I'm 20 years old, I'm from Monterey, Mexico, and I study law at the University of Monterey. Robbie, just like Vic and Eugenia, is one of the co-founders of Javasta Nuevo León, the feminist collective organization or group. So Robbie, can you tell us a little bit of your personal experiences of what led you to pave your way or find your way into feminism? Yeah, it's funny because I, I feel like I had this whole journey, not necessarily from being an anti-feminist, but just not identifying myself as one. Uh, so growing up, I was like this, like, no, I hate pink and everything that is girly is the worst. And I think that I, that I, I liked to think that way because I didn't want to be associated with air quotes, the weaker sex, right? So I, I don't know, I, I just feel like that's, kind of how I grew up, you know, like trying to separate myself from, from the girls and trying to be like, the, I'm not like other girls. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm so interesting. I hate pink. But also I grew up with working mom. So she used to travel a lot when I was a kid. So this idea of if you are a mother, you don't have to be a stay at home mom. You know, you, you can be a working mom and and travel and be and have like this high position at wherever you're working that can also be possible you know so that's something that i always had in my life obviously nothing wrong with stay-at-home moms be being a mom is a whole job that's it, it, is a whole job <laughs> it that's on period so yeah but then when i was in in high school i was like a catholic missionary and i used to be pro-life and People laugh at the idea of that because it's it's like completely not what I am right now. <laughs> and I tell them like I have a, a picture with a Bible and a rosary. Do you want to see it so you can you can believe me on this? Um, but yeah, I I had this like Spanish class and we were like the topic of some of those classes were like language and gender. Gender. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> language and gender. I was gonna say genre, like a, like a music genre, and that's not it. Language and gender. So how language is used, not like, yes, when we, when we speak, but also what do we listen to? What do we read? What do we surround ourselves with? And there were like so many examples of how women are supposed to be or how they are described in different like novels or poems or even like advertisements you know how are women described versus how men are described so that just i don't know i just felt like a light bulb uh turned on in me like huh and it made me very curious and then there was this one time in high school as well that i wore a dress and i remember measuring it like up to my knee and I was like okay so it's four fingers above my knee I think that's okay I had worn that dress to church before and to my grandparents house before so I I thought it was gonna be okay but it was not so I got sent to like to the director's office or the level coordinator's office but since my grade coordinator was a, a man I got sent to like the year above 
mine because she was a, a woman and then she started you know like going on on the speech how it was like the school's responsibility to to take care of my integrity and that was terrible that was terrible because my integrity as a person is not measured by what i'm wearing so i made a four page like a four page letter to the director of the whole high school they almost like they almost created a a uniform a school uniform for all of us because of that because i asked like every girl in that high school to break the dress code that day like the last day of school and all the boys to wear like white in solidarity and then that went viral like in the groups of like the whatsapp group of high school so they almost made a a uniform but that didn't happen and then i i sat with the director in her office and we talked it through and she apologized and everything but yeah that was like my first big <laughs> feminist moment i think and i think that really makes you think in the sense of they knew they were doing wrong hence why they apologized to you at the end yeah yeah i mean she what i remember because this was like four years ago she apologized because i mean she said i was right like my integrity is not measured by what i'm wearing and i remember saying it to her like i could be in a bikini or like in a full-on like tuxedo or whatever and i'm still the same person i'm still me and i'm not measured by what i'm wearing And I believe that is why she apologized. Like, yeah, you're right. This teacher should have never said that. You know, like, they're taking care of my integrity because I'm wearing a dress and boys are gonna look up my skirt. Like, what? <laughs> I was even wearing shorts. Why would they even be doing that? Exactly. Uh-huh. Like, teach the boys to respect girls, not not girls to... Protect themselves from men. To cover up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. What did this lead to? So these were just like stepping stones or just like experiences that eventually would lead you to Javasta Nuevo León. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I have a couple of ex-boyfriends who were terrible. <laughs> And that, that is an understatement, but they were terrible. And there was a lot of different types of abuse, psychological, physical, sexual, everything. So... I had like this concern, you know, like I don't want anybody else to go through what I I have gone through. I yeah, it's this I I wish I could go back and and tell myself what I know now, but that is that's impossible, you know, and I've been trying to be very compassionate to like my past me, you know, like I I did what I could with the information that I had at the time. And that's it and it's not my fault. But now it's it's this okay, I have this information now. It's not going to happen to me again. How can I prevent this type of things from happening to other girls or women or boys and men even, you know? So this is kind of like the first, I don't know how, like the first... Motivation, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind Javasta, you know, like we don't want this type of abuse to happen to anyone else, you know? So that's kind of something that life yeah like the mo the motivation behind Javasta but then in November 2019 I I went to Canada uh, about for a, for a month a month and a half I have family there my mom's sister lives there with her husband and her kids so yeah I have family there no so it was about the end of November that there was this one specific femicide that hit the media really big 
and her name was Abril Perez Sagaon, and my, like, my uncle and my cousins, their last name is Sagaon. So, I, first, I thought it was, like, just a, a coincidence. However, it's not a very common name, a common last name. And then, as it turns out, she was my uncle's second cousin. Like, they weren't very close, but they were related, you know? So, I, before quarantine and before corona hit, I used to I used to protest a lot. <laughs> I really I believe the word in English is militant. I'm not sure if that is like the word, but like I I like to be protesting I, I in in the street. So. Yes. Uh-huh. I like to be protesting in the street. <laughs> so but but I couldn't do that because I was two countries away and it's not like I could do something where I was because I didn't know anybody and it was not Mexico, it was it was Canada, like, what would I be doing that there, you know? So then I was talking to Victoria. And even in Mexico, it's uncommon to have, like, you know, this type of um, women marches for every feminicide that happened. Ah, no, we would be marching forever. <laughs> like, we would never, we would never stop, yeah. So I was talking to Victoria and it was like, okay, I want to do a protest when I get back to make uh, to make this statement, you know, like for a 2020 with no gendered violence. And and then she said, like, you should make a, a page to back it up because nobody's going to go if it's just um, like if it's just a, a flyer, you know, we have to have something to back it up. And then I made Javasta and Javasta means like to stop. <laughs> Literally, stop, stop in Nuevo Leon is the name of the state and that's it. You know, it's this like stop gender violence, stop with the femicides. You know, the the numbers right now are, are terrible. It's 11 femicides a day, every day. And quarantine, quarantine was, especially April, was very violent as well. The, the numbers went up for uh, family violence and gender violence and sexual violence as well. So, I don't know, it's, it's, it's been tough. <laughs> it's been tough, you know, knowing that those numbers are going up and the feeling that you can't do anything about it is very, very strong sometimes. But we are doing what we can with what we have and I don't want to say like, and that's enough, because it's not, but it's what we can do right now. At the end of the day, we're all uh, college students, and even though many of the members of Yavasta, we study law, we're not graduated yet, so we can't practice, you know? But yeah, we're we're doing what we can with what we have. And I think that a common cause that has been, you know, this current, this common emotion that's been up in all of the episodes with both Eugenia and Vic and you now it's this anger and frustration of everything that is happening in Mexico with women and how there's a lack of you know people doing something and besides this I wanted to ask you who is Roby outside Javasta Noleon so who are you as a person and what are your passions and how would you describe yourself yeah I I think of myself as a very passionate person you know, and I, and I, I'm gonna like go into a tangent and then come back. But people say it's funny that when I start talking about things that I'm really passionate about, I get really loud. So it's basically almost humanly impossible for me to talk quietly. I just cannot. <laughs> I can't speak quietly. <laughs> so I am passionate. I am loud and proud. 
I am I can be very impatient and also very intense sometimes and I understand that that can be a lot for people however that is not my problem <laughs> like they they should cope with that not me yeah I as I was telling you uh before I have this thing like sometimes I feel like I take up a lot of space like in conversation so then it's like this constant battle of should I say something because I know about this or should I just shut up because I had a 15-minute-long monologue like five minutes ago. So it's always a war between those two uh, premises. But I like to think that I know at least a little about a lot of things. And I'm always very open to learn. So I, I like that too about myself. I like to learn new things. I don't like to stay in the same place. Um, like not, not physically. I have always uh, lived here. But what I mean is I, you know, like if I have some information. In a learning level. Exactly, exactly. In a in a learning level, I don't like to settle. Yeah, I, I think that's me in, <laughs> in a nutshell. I and I I think that's very important, what you've, what you've mentioned. Like, like, because I, because can, I can relate a little bit in the sense of you always have an opinion or something to say because you know about so many yeah. topics. And I think that's maybe just a personality trait, you know, like you're loud because you are passionate about the things you like, but also because you really research into them. So there's a reason why you actually want to talk about it because you also have something to teach to others. And I think it's, it's interestingly enough, what you're doing with Javasta, which is informing, which is informing people about the things that are happening. Yeah, and I have this so thing. Uh, I'm sorry, I just want to... <laughs> no, no, go on. <laughs> I, I never talk about something I don't know about because I don't want to be wrong. And also, I don't want to like give the wrong information. So I am also not afraid of asking. And I think that is very important too. You know, like, if I don't know something, but I know you know about it, I'm going to ask you, you know, like, please teach me about this because I don't know. Or uh, direct me to some resources so I can do this research myself. And connecting to what you were just saying, this is something that we do in Yabasta as well. You know, like, our team is, is diverse. I, I do believe we have a, a diverse team. So maybe somebody else knows about something that I don't so hey let's talk about this let's research about it let's talk about it. we have a huge platform let's let's use it to our advantage so people that follow us can have access to that information as well and I think that's very important too no and I would agree that's very important and I think what is more important than that it's admitting when you don't know something and not try to make up information for it. I think it's completely valid and understandable to not know everything because there is like a sea of information out there about any topic you want. So it's virtually impossible to know everything and give the answers. And I think it should be more normalized to ask people questions, to keep questioning the things that we're doing, the way things are, and also to normalize, you know, like you said, asking for resources. Maybe you don't need somebody to teach you, but they can redirect you to places to read or places to keep looking for information and answers. Yeah, I think it it should so, be something. Oh, we're always interrupting each other. I was just gonna <laughs> agree with you. I think it it's something that should be normalized. 
And well, we're heading towards the end of the episode and a recurring question on the podcast is what is one of the upcoming challenges that you will be facing, either personal or professional, and how do you plan to overcome them? Well, I have this, I'm not going to say quality trait. So I'm just going to say a trait of mine that is, especially in interperson interpersonal relationships, I just have to be right. And if you're wrong, I mean, it's, it's always like my way or the highway. So I have like lost and recovered sometimes um, a lot of friendships over this. But I definitely believe that that is a, a challenge. You know, I should be more more flexible. I don't think there is like an an absolute truth to anything. Um, you know, it's like my version and their version. And it's not like there is a, I mean, what I believe. I don't think there is like somebody else looking at us to tell us hey this is what really happened like if I felt this way it is true because I felt it but if they felt that way it is true because they felt it no so I think I I need to work a lot on being more like more empathic and more flexible with what other people are feeling towards me you know like letting go of my ego and this of I have to be right all the time I I I'm working on it on in therapy as well, <laughs> like letting go of this uh, notion that I am like that I know everything or that I'm always right because I'm not and I don't know everything. So I think that is one of um, the challenges I have faced the most um, up to this moment. And if I don't work on it, it's the one I'm going to keep um, facing in the future. And I think it's so important to acknowledge that we all have these traits. Like you said, maybe they're not quality traits and maybe they're just traits that you need to work on, manage and be better at them. But it's so important to recognize them to help us be the person that we seek to be. So I applaud you that you're actually working through it. And now that we're at the end of the episode, is there something that you want to reaffirm, emphasize or just tell the people out there who are listening? Yeah, believe the victim, always. It's very hard for us. Well, I started changing the word uh, victim for survivor a while ago. So believe the survivors of any type of abuse or assault. Uh, it's very hard for us to come out to, not not come out, <laughs> like to, to tell our- Come forward. Come forward, thank you. Come forward to our friends and family about what has happened to us and coming forward to the public is not easier than telling our friends and family. And there are no reason for for survivors to lie about their experiences. So believe survivors and don't blame them or question them or why didn't they come forward before. Uh, healing is not linear and everybody has their different timeline for healing. Well, Robbie, I just want to mention how much I admire you, the incredible woman, the strength that you have and how much of an inspiration I'm sure you are to a lot of women, not just me. So thank you for so much for just even existing and using your voice to speak for others and speak for yourself too. And I would encourage you to continue to take up space and be loud because that's exactly who I think you're supposed to be. So thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for having me. 
um, we'll stay in touch.